This is Y-Tune Shuffle. Y-Tune Shuffle, it's the music that informs our lives. The rules here are that there are no rules other than just bring in your music, mm. hit play. And then we get to pick your brain about why those songs. This was my first song that I really became obsessed with in high school. <laughs> <laughs> just sort of all those like yummy, awkward, like weird, like just everything that kind of hits you when you're like 16. This was the song for me that just like summed everything up. Welcome to Y-Tunes Shuffle, a celebration of the music that inspires our lives. With your host, comedian and radio personality Maggie Mayfield and Hollywood's secret weapon, David Earl Waterman. This is Y-Tunes Shuffle. Yep. Now we're going to do all the things. That's all right, because it's still Global Voice Broadcasting Studios. Okay. And it's still a gray day in May. <laughs> and we're still in Studio City, and it's still a show called Y-Tune Shuffle. And my name is still Maggie Mayfield, your host. With me, David Earl Waterman, a.k.a. Hollywood Secret Weapon. Here we go. Show 62. Is it really that 61 far? or 62. We're in the 60s now. Oh, man. That's a good era. Ooh, that is a good era. I like it. And I'm excited because our guest today, Maureen Davis, who does every, I feel like, we're going to be really good friends. <laughs> I love the way you dress, and you're a secret Lindy Hop dancer, and you're a producer, and you love comedy, and you, you're in a band, and you like teach and Music singing. is your life, yeah. so this show is perfect. You're yes. a perfect guest for perfect Y2 guest. Shuffle. Thank you. And since it's like a 1961-62 show, I kind of, in my mind, live between 1957 and 1963. Yes. Mm. And that's the music that I love, and that's the way that I dress. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, it's perfect. Tell Thank me you. about this dress, because you were just describing a little bit. Like, where did you get it? And this is the coolest dress. My friend Peter from Shrine Store, used to be a store on Melrose. Now he just um, designs things for people and does pop-up shows at mm -hmm. um, Comic-Con and WonderCon and Monsterpalooza. And he has, like, a goth rockabilly crossover and a lot of rock and roll i believe he dressed rihanna oh my gosh he's dressed a lot of rock stars and he has amazing clothes and i fell in love with this one dress design so every time i get a royalty check from tv music placement mm -hmm. i go and buy another dress from him <laughs> it's just the best in fact we're going to be i'm going to be playing at tiki oasis in san diego on august 10th it's okay. this giant tiki festival and i said i need a sailor dress so we're meeting on saturday to see if we can Wait, design a sailor, a sailor dress? dress. Well, just something. Um, the Tiki Oasis Festival's theme this year is South Pacific. Okay. So oh. I said, you know, do I do like a for the boys thing and just wear a captain's jacket and be all leggy in Broadway? Yeah. Um, or do I want to try to have a dress? Do I want to do a costume change while the guys are doing guitar solos? What about the light yeah. denim with like the U.S. Navy across the breast and the old white hat? Maybe maybe a bit to your side. That's maybe like those, uh, you look like a you look like a tattoo. I should, like a, a, I want to look like a tattoo. <laughs> Absolutely. You know I'm tiny. I could be a tattoo on a really large man. <laughs> <laughs> Come here, Rock Johnson. <laughs> That's amazing. How did you get to have such a fun? I mean, your life is. I would dare say many people's dream. So rock You're, and roll. It's about creativity. It's about performing. How'd that all get started? Wow. Lots of work. Lots of work. Lots of wishing. Mm. Um, when I was in Toledo, Ohio. Where you're from? Yeah. Oh, I was okay. born in Detroit. I was raised in Sylvania, Toledo. Mm -hmm. And um, I did... It was so funny. I was in high school, and I was doing The Sound of Music, and they held auditions at the McDonald's. <laughs> okay, no. They held – they you applied at McDonald's, and then they called you in for an audition, and they auditioned 400 children and teenagers. So I was one of 12 people at the Westgate Dinner Theater's production of Sound of Music. Oh, wow. And then – you know, and I was, I was an, a teenager playing a little kid, mm -hmm. and then um, I stayed kind of with that theater group, and – as I got into college, there were some actors that were in town that saw my band playing. I was playing, you know, I was doing kind of a Motown band back then. I was starting to just get into 50s and 60s music. And they said, you should come to New York. We've got this theatrical thing about you. Come out here and we'll set you up with temp work and stuff. Ended up in New York, um, going to conservatory and singing at a bar, you know, one of those piano bars. And was discovered for a little shop of horrors in Boston. Joined their cast, got the equity card, 
Um, trying to like make this as short as possible. No, no, no tell right, us yeah. everything. But it's it's weird. It's just very strange. You know, you're getting drunk in a bar and you're singing, and somebody goes, "Hey, you sound like you could play Audrey." I swear I'm not drunk. I'm going to set up an audition for you, and you get it. So what's funny is I end up being the left branch of the plant. Yeah. In Little Shop of Horrors, because oh five people have to run the plant, but understudying Audrey and all three urchins. Oh my god! So since I'm not black. They made my urchin like a Cindy Lauper, uh-huh. and I had a big red beehive. I'm warm, cold wolf at seven, you know. And you, you do this, <laughs> and I was this chick, this redhead from the Bronx, instead of you know. Yeah. And so I got to play all of those characters and Audrey, and there we had a vacation day. We had it was just like it was like a Monday or it was a long weekend or something. I came to New York, and the Actors Equity Building has all of these auditions. And you either have appointments or there are open calls or you can just crash. I crashed an audition for Into the Woods. And they ended up keeping me in there for like six songs. And they're dancing me and singing me. And it was right before they went to the Old Globe Theater. And then, you know, never heard from them again. Um, Went back to Boston to work on the show. Got a call to come to New York and audition for Into the Woods. And my agent's going... I don't know how they know you. I didn't submit you. I didn't think you were right for it, but I guess you crashed an audition and they liked you. Um, I get the call for the audition. I have no money. I go to the temp agency where I'm working in New York, and I say, "Can anybody? does anybody have a subway token? I have to get to this audition. And the woman who's like the manager of the office hands me a five, I think she said, and a token. She said, okay, I don't want you to be totally broke. If you get in the show, I get tickets. I'm like, okay, fine. <laughs> I get um, to the train. The train is delayed. There's something wrong with the track. Oh. I jump back over the turnstile, and I still have money for a bus. I get on the bus. The bus breaks down no. eight blocks from the audition. Mm. Oh. So I jump off the bus. And this is how dramatic I am. I jump off the bus, make sure there are gas fumes blowing on me from the bus <laughs> breaking down. <laughs> Literally took some grease from the wheel well and, like, put it on my arm or my hand. Like, right, the bus breaks down. I'm really going to have grease on me. But I was young. I was dramatic. Ran to the audition because I was already late. Uh-huh. Got there. They were down to the last six people for Into the Woods on Broadway. And I run in, and Joanna Merlin, the casting director, is there. And I said, listen, I can't make this shit up. The subway broke down, and then the bus broke down, and I ran all the way, and I smell. I just want to clean up. Can you please see me? She saw me, and I ended up being Bernadette Peters' stunt woman in Into the Woods. So when she turns from ugly to beautiful, I was the ugly one. (laughs) And then Sleeping Beauty in the second act. And then... um, I understudied Rapunzel and Red Riding Hood. And for the whole two years on Broadway, I had a non-disclosure agreement. And it was a magic trick, and it was by Charles Reynolds of The Magic Show. And so that's how everything started. And so I was going to conservatory. I was Bernadette Peters' stunt woman and understudying these characters in New York, and that's how everything got started. And then um, I was estranged from my father for 10 years. Mm -hmm. Uh, My parents got divorced, and he was, you know, he did the best he could. I'm not going to say, you know, he's he's gone now, RIP. He was, he was a good man. He taught me how to write. He taught me how to stand up for myself. Mm-hmm. And um, he missed my growing up. And we got back in touch. He came to see me on Broadway. And we became friends again after being estranged for 10 years. So when the show closed, Dad said, come out and meet your wicked stepmother. Come live with us. Check out L.A. And I ended up staying. Oh, okay, so that's how you got here. That's how I got here. And he, incidentally, because you're a comedian, he lived down the street from L.A. Cabaret. Okay. And yeah, so yeah. I started um, doing song parody openings for comedians. <laughs> oh, my gosh, that's so great. And I'm so I mad. can't wait for you to see my act. I can't wait oh to my see God. Oh, That's so great. And, and, and that, ladies and gentlemen, is how you get to live the life that Maureen Davis lives today. It's 100% top to bottom, show business, nothing but show business. Isn't that the weirdest story? I mean, just lots of accidents, lots of being poor. Yeah. 
You know, it's perseverance. Yeah. It's like you got you to gotta know that there's work, and that's what mm-hmm. you started the answer with. It was a lot of work, work. and you I had no idea what the work was. Wow. You can't say no, and then you come out to L.A., and you go, okay, um, here I am in a new town. How do I make money in L.A.? Oh, gosh. I had friends that were doing um, film music, and I yeah. worked in a recording studio, and um, my boyfriend at the time was, was writing music for TV and film, and... Um, I got a job working for cartoon composers at Hanna-Barbera, oh. and I was their intern. And so they taught me the ropes, and one day they came. This is really cool. This is one of my favorite memories in music. They came to me, and they said, okay, we're doing Mikhail Baryshnikov's Stories from My Childhood. They're taking these Russian films, and they're stripping all the music and all the voices off, and we're going to replace everything. You need to watch the lip flaps of the cartoon characters. So when there's an O... You need to write a word that has an O. When there's an A or an A, you need to write a word that matches that. We're going to give you the beats of the music. We're going to tell you, okay, this story is Cinderella. Here's the scene. She's talking to the little animals before they create her coach and everything. And you're going to write the lyrics. Wow. That's not challenging at all. No. I had to watch. So they gave me the music. They gave me the beats of the music. And I had to watch the cartoon and imagine what she might be saying in English. Because her lips, so that's how I learned how to write songs on a deadline. And you did it. And I did it. So, and it was like, it was like. Stressful much? No, it was like $12 an hour. I was like. Oh my God. And then, which is now minimum wage in Los Angeles, which by is, the way. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's in and out burger. And then their friend hired me to write something. You know those, um, like the dancing rabbis or the dancing wolf man or the dancing flower? Those things that you get tr- get at truck stops? Mm-hmm. I wrote the song for the pizza guy if anybody in the world has the pizza guy doll where he has a battery or you i don't think you plug him he has a battery and he's got like a a big hat and the mustache and everything he's like i am the pizza guy i make the pizza pie just like you You wrote that That it's so crazy i wrote that $18 $18 an hour. You wow. get to the, the top of the, the, the celebrity list of y Tune Shuffle <laughs> immediately. She wow. She the Pizza Guy song. Here That's I so am. Great. I want to talk about your band, but I, I think I'm going to hope that you brought a song from your band. Um, Yes. Good. Okay. Because the way the show works is uh-huh. you have gone through your life and shuffled through all the music that is important to you. Mm-hmm. And we're going to play five <laughs> songs about the music that inspires Maureen Davis's life. We're going to start here with song number one. But, David, just so you remember, I do have Y2 Nuggets yes. for all of these songs. So okay. he can say, drop a nugget on this song at any time. And then we'll talk song facts, artist facts, stuff like that. So okay. here we go into song number one. I love that you're like, I live between 1957 and 63. Yeah. <laughs> Pretty sure this fits there. Yeah. Talk to me about this. Who is this? Why did this make your playlist? This is Dionne Warwick. Mm-hmm. And I pretty much like every song that Burt Backrock has ever written. Mm-hmm. Um, he's just kind of a genius. Mm-hmm. Um, our younger people that are listening might recognize Burt Backrock's music from the Austin Powers movies. Yes. Mr. Book- Burt Backrock. <laughs> um, Dion Warwick has one of the uh, most recordable voices. She just floats. She just floats to where she has to go, you know. And um, she, I believe, she was Backrock's favorite singer. And um, other people that have um, recorded Burt Backrock's music, Elvis Costello did an amazing project with him. Yeah. Which is like super cool if you're, you know, getting divorced or breaking up. <laughs> just like <laughs> cut your cut your wrist with butter knives. Um songs. But really, really beautiful songs. I love the structure of the song. I love where it goes. It immediately makes me feel something. 
Mm-hmm. Any breakup I ever have, I go to walk on by by for back racks. Like, okay, all right, it's 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 time for the song. Who um, was your first breakup? My, f- my first breakup. Your first like love, big breakup. Your first heartbreak. You know what I mean? Oh wow. Um, it's a cross between Alex Zaborowski and George Dash. Alex was my boyfriend in college, and he ended up going to the Air Force, and I wanted to go to New York. Mm-hmm. That's when my these people discovered me, and I had to go. And, um, yeah, he was pretty amazing. And he, it was I was playing a concert with my band, and I saw him in the audience, and our eyes met, and I went home with him that night. Oh, this is like in college. This is, yeah. Okay. George Dash, we met playing Broadway softball. He, we, we, There's this thing called the Broadway Softball League. Mm-hmm. And on weekends you get together and, and the shows battle it out. And we won over Phantom of the Opera. Ha, ha, ha. <laughs> Into the Woods beat Phantom of the Opera. <laughs> and he was on the team and we just started flirting on the field. And he was one of the great, great loves of my life. And when I moved out to L.A., um, he didn't come after me. Oh, sly. And we talked about it, and um, we stayed friends through the years. Um, he just died of cancer last year. Mm-hmm. It's very sad. But we stayed friends, and, um, yeah, he was definitely, like, the first. Those people were the first great loves in my life, and that's who I relate to these songs mm-hmm. with. Um, another cool thing about that song is... It led me to Dusty Springfield. Oh, yeah. Okay. And, yeah, yeah, yeah. And most people know Dusty Springfield for, you know, Soul Preacher Man, mm-hmm. you know, and, and her stuff there. And she has this kind of honey-smothered gravel voice. Nice. That's a nice way to explain it. And when I found my voice, people were comparing me to Sheryl Crow and Dusty Springfield. And I went, I'll take it. Yeah, yeah absolutely. You know? And there's another song by Dusty Springfield called um, Anyone Who Had a Heart, which is Burt Backrack. Anyone who had a heart. It's really beautiful. Another breakup song. Mm-hmm. And um, so, yeah, so that's my walk on by. And if you watch the video from the live TV taping, mm-hmm. the choreography is just so 60s. It's amazing. <laughs> I, I, I've seen it. They run it periodically on some show on PBS. Mm-hmm. Those dancers are insane it's so great yeah so it's great. so dramatic it's what show was that was that like uh, i i think there, there's a number of her doing it it's black and white right on yeah. a street corner and they're kind of because there's a number of different incarnations of videos for well it, by. it's it's interesting because you know as i'm into this music from the 50s and 60s i'm also into tv from the 50s and 60s yeah and um you know dean martin used to have dancers share Cher used to have amazing oh, sure. dancers. Sonny and Cher, or just the Cher show, used to have great choreography. Mm-hmm. Um, Carol Burnett even had <gasps> great like choreography. I would argue Lawrence Welk. I no. Mean, yes, no. I would. I'll no. stand by that. They, <laughs> oh were, my they God. were well-timed. They were decent. They were decent de- people. <laughs> <laughs> they didn't miss a step. I don't know what the hell I'm talking about. Those people never had sex. <laughs> On that note, our next song. <laughs> All right. Song at number two. Mm. Mm. Okay, saucy. Uh-huh. Oh, Maureen. What are you doing for lunch? <laughs> right? Yeah. That guitar. How'd you discover this? Oh, this is funny. Um, this is Julian Buddy Miller. Mm-hmm. Buddy Miller plays for Emmy Lou Harris and Sean Colvin and all those people in the Americana alt country. He's mm-hmm. known for playing for these great women of country. One of my first jobs in L.A., and I had to take three buses to get there. Oh, God. I had no car, and I was poor. <laughs> um, was for Christian Radio, and I'd found it in, like, backstage or drama log or something. And it was to do voiceovers for Jungle Jam, the Jungle Jam record series. And then they also have 
they might still have it, a radio show called Focus on the Family. Mm -hmm. And oddly enough, the man who played Mr. Kincaid on the Partridge Family. Oh, my God. What is his name? What is his name? Ruben Kincaid. Uh, I don't remember his actual. Yeah. Um, I have a little but, box of information here. Let me refer to it. But okay, go ahead. We'll Google, Google that while we're talking. Yes. Mm -hmm. We ended up working together on these radio shows. That's doing amazing. That. And so um, Julie and Buddy Miller were there. Wow. And Julie... She was friends with the producers, and she was working with them, and she was playing Cheetah Bonita. And there were the, these little cheetah sisters, these animals in the jungle oh that sang. And you could tell she, she has kind of this childlike voice, mm -hmm. but badass, badass rocker child woman. And um, <laughs> David Joseph Madden. David Madden. David, David Madden. Madden. So <laughs> one of my first jobs was working with Julie Miller. I didn't know she was a rock star. I didn't know she was a country star. Yeah. And she's a protege of Emmy Lou Harris. Yeah. And she gave me her record, and I fell in love with it. And I've had to replace it like three times. I finally – I don't even have the CD anymore because I've given it away or it's been – or sure, just, sure, sure. it's scratched from being played. <laughs> but um, I fell in love with – I love everything that they do. I love his jangly guitar. It just sounds like you're in a bar anywhere. Yeah. Drinking whiskey and playing pool and yeah. picking up strays. Hell yeah. <laughs> it's, it's, I, I'm, I'm walking down a street looking for trouble. You know? Right. I mean, that's, that, that's exactly where I went with this one. That's, that's exactly what it is. And oh, that's, cool. That song just takes you somewhere. Mm -hmm. And you go, yeah, it's the guitar. It's her voice. It's just it's, it's your best friend saying, Let's make trouble. So, how did you find this job? Tell me that's like. Tell me like when you first got here. What was your apartment like? You had to take three buses to get there. How'd you find? How'd you find all this job? I just well, being from New York, you know backstage and drama log. Yeah. You know that there are periodicals that you have to use. Is that did I just use a college word? Yes. Periodicals. Mm -hmm. Periodicals. There's a poly. Well that was done. polysyllabic. Well yes. done. <laughs> Um, so you just you you find jobs. You 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 go where you think the work is going to go because I'm a horrible waitress. God, I suck at waitressing. Right? I drop shit, <laughs> drop shit all the time, and um, and you know I could do office work, but I hate the overhead lights. Mm -hmm. I, I'm one of those weird alien people that gets migraines. Okay. From fluorescent lights. And I'd always have to wear my sunglasses inside. inside. From the planet healthy. You wear your sunglasses. <laughs> I wear at my night. sunglasses at night so yes. I can. So I can. So <laughs> I, I was already being a rock star, you know, doing that. Yeah. And so you have to go safely. Mm hmm You oh my God. Okay. Um I went for this job interview. Um, it was supposed to be a modeling job. And it ended up being porn. And huh. I met this guy, Eddie Powers. Uh, Ed Powers. The Dirty I know debutantes. his sister. I, I, no. Yeah, 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 no, I know dirty, Ed's work. Dirty Debutantes, uh, where mm. he picks people up off the street. And I'd, I'd gone. I thought it was a modeling call. And it ended up not. And he sat down and talked to me. And he said, this could have been really dangerous. I want you to only go to studios now. I don't want you to go to private residences. I don't care if people are offering money. I'm one of the nice ones. Wow. And he said, um... Tell me how much your rent is. Let me find you some work. And I ended up doing stand-up comedy with him. I had to sing opera. We, we we made like this kind of George and Gracie routine where I was a closet pornophile. Oh, okay. And every time I orgasmed, I would break into opera, kind mm -hmm. of like Young Frankenstein. Mm -hmm. And <laughs> he paid me money to do this at the Fans of X-Rated Entertainment Awards. If I promised him that I would never go to go go for modeling jobs or go anywhere, that I would only go to regular auditions. But you yeah. did go to Ed Powers' place. You answered an ad that was placed by Ed Powers, creator of Dirty Debutantes. You went to his place. Yes. What I was, kind of place does he live in? Well, no, it was it was a long time ago, and I was sent by an agent. An oh, agent. Sent by a modeling agent on a go see. Wow. wow. Is he still alive? Do you still have any contact you with know, him? You know, I don't know. I mean, I only had that one incidence with him. But I did get to meet Shanna McCullough, who is amazing. Oh, my God. She's so beautiful. And she is actually, um, she was a porn star, and she made a comic book inside Shanna McCullough. And her. <laughs> great. Great. Right. And her husband. Um, was a legit actor that was doing stage work out here, wow. and we were, we were, 
you know, close friends for a short time. Amazing. And, you know, you lose touch with people. But um, what's funny is another temp job I had was working at Hustler Magazine. So when I got to Hustler, I already knew about Eddie Powers and Shannon McGowan and the X-Rated Entertainment Awards. Oh, my gosh. And, oh, you're going to love this. You know how we do, you know, you're starting out in L.A. and you do indie films? Well, I'd done an indie film for my friend Sean and different yeah, different person and Shanna Sean and um, I was the makeup artist and the caterer and I was also an actress in the movie and Fangoria said Fangoria magazine said I was the most terrifying scene in this movie why wow. it's called the movie lucky because I got um, strangled and raped seven times until I finally died oh my god this guy would like slap me awake do it again until I passed out and then you know what's the name of the movie lucky it's called the, it's called Lucky, and it's about... You were um, not lucky in that movie. It's about a dog that oh, um, tells a cartoon artist to kill people. And um, so we did this movie, Lucky, and I'm doing this temp job at Hustler, and my friends on the floor there are saying, you know, everybody who's ever done anything, no, ma- no matter how big or how small, is on Mr. Skin. We're going to find you. <gasps> And I said, no, there's no way I'm on Mr. Skin. He found me on Mr. Skin because the scene ended up having to be topless. Okay. You know, and I thought it was going to look like, um, you know, all dreamlike and everything. It ended up kind of looking like a snuff film. Oh. It looked really scary. Oh, yeah. my God. It was a, that is scary. It was yeah. super scary. But, yeah, um, I found my. they found me on Mr. Skin because I was topless. I just found you on Mr. Skin. You did not. No, no stop I did not. It's a joke, ladies and gentlemen. And if you're under 21, no, do not try this at okay, home. Okay, no go-sees. From, you only go to legitimate studios and you don't do temp jobs at Hustle. Maureen Davis, you cannot deny the fact that you've lived a mother uh-uh. of a life here. Like it's, your I, career spans the, 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 the high arts, the interesting, the obscure, the underground. What? We're only into song two? Two, I know. What's happening with three? My God. I think that's kind of the point, though, of L.A. Like, you have to say yes. Like, you have to just keep saying yes to things. Not to Harvey Weinstein. No. I'm sorry. You know what, though? Like, I feel like. He surrendered this morning. Busted. Did he really? Yeah. Busted, yeah. Wow. He surrendered. Anyway, you were saying, Maggie. Yes, Kate. I feel like even when you come across, because Harvey Weinstein is just the representation for so many others mm-hmm. that are like that, that yeah. even if you find yourself in that situation, I don't I don't know that you'd walk away regretting it. Like, you know, there's a, I, th- I don't, I don't want to talk too much about it because I know it's very polarizing, but I feel like there's a level of like kind of consent like you kind of know what you're getting into and you say yes because you want to further your career in some way not to say that what they're doing is is good or correct or 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 even necessary but i feel like as people in the industry like we know we kind of know what we're getting into this not, is not for yeah, i know it's, it's dangerous is, it's, it is so well, dangerous but, but I, I i agree with what you're saying because there is stuff on film of me in indie films saying and doing things that if it were sort of edited in a particular way and presented and i i have no regrets i mean thank god i wasn't killed or as ed power said to you this is dangerous stuff i mean it's one thing to look at your career and go wow you've made it you you live this wonderfully creative amazing life Mm -hmm. and that's all you do many of us including myself i'm still punching a clock in a day job Mm -hmm. and i'm still coming getting in when i can get in on show business but to get to where you are, you had to say yes. You had to you had to wrestle with to some risk. demons. Yeah, I, I totally get that. Yeah. Well, and look at the pinup movement. You know, mm-hmm. in 1950s and 1960s, mm. pinups were very popular. And I dress like pinup, and most of my friends have, are pinups. And we choose to use that as a power. Mm-hmm. We choose to say the female body is beautiful, and we glamorize it. We love the hairstyles. We love the legs. We love the whatever. And... What's different about pinup from Hustler um, is that it um, alludes to right. sex. It leaves a little more to the imagination. Sure. You know? Yeah. And I think it's, you know, with the whole Me Too movement and everything, mm-hmm. there's a very fine line between the, where that can be misconstrued. Yeah. It's like, well, you and put it out there, so you must want it. It's like... No, 
it sells my music. Right. I do it to sell the music. Right, right, when right. I'm on stage, I'm that character. I wear that costume. When I'm off stage, you better treat me like a lady. Well, it's 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 really about illiteracy, and it's about it's about artistic illiteracy uh, in our country as a whole. Because a billboard designed to capture somebody's attention is not a personal invitation, and I think the same is true with artists. Yeah. And that's where it gets really misconstrued by a lot of people. Is like, oh, are you talking to me? Mm-hmm. No. I'm I'm being myself. Your assumption that I am directing all of this to you personally—that's where it gets, I think, out of control. And that's yeah, where that's the, really the, well said. The, yeah. the weirdos. Well, I know. <laughs> I love Because I've made the mistake. Many, no, I'm kidding. <laughs> I love that term, artistic illiteracy. Yeah. I yeah. Do. I just invented cool. that for this. I swear to God, because I usually use that in classes with kids, uh, media literacy mm-hmm. and understanding media and messages and so on and so forth, which is you know part of my day job. And I just thought That's artistic so cool. illiteracy is it's rampant. You go to England, you've been to England, you know what's mm-hmm. going on in the world. Yeah. They have a different audience. They understand the the sort of method to theater, whereas we're like, that was a cool explosion. <laughs> that was a cool explosion. <laughs> She's got a nice butt. <laughs> and that was another cool explosion. Okay. <laughs> okay. It's not about hard. me. It's about Maureen. Important. I just hate that like when you take porn into the real world, you know, all of a sudden we're shaming it. But behind closed doors, we're all like, oh, my God. I love it. I love Did it. you see Check Fantasy? Oh, my God. Sorry. <laughs> They're running Barbarella on one of the old stations. Oh Barbarella. Oh, wow. They have Japanese game shows that are all about sex. It's just wrong. Let's catch up. They have Japanese game shows about everything. <laughs> like, I love the Japanese I'm, game shows. Exactly. All right. Let's go into song number three. What's happening? What's happening? <laughs> I feel like this is a Y-Tunes original. Yeah. Is this your band? This is my band. Oh, you go. Band. But this isn't an original. This is a Van Morrison song. But it's your band. It's but band. it's your yeah. band. Yeah. If you're going to cover something, cover it really well. That's our guest sitting right there. I want a drink. (laughs) I want to go to a live music ball right now. Get it. This is um, a cover of an old blues tune called Baby Please Don't Go. Um, We kind of favor the, well, we made our own arrangement of it, but it's it's loosely based on Van Morrison and Aerosmith. Okay. Um, It's often done by rockabilly bands, but um, damn, Scotty McLean, my guitarist, he just tears it up. Uh-huh. He just made it his own. He just, he's an insane monster. Um, and Steve Whalen's my bass player, mm-hmm. and he just holds it on. I, there's something that happens when he starts that bass line. The stand-up bass. Stand-up bass. Oh, so hot. Steve, <laughs> Steve starts that stand-up bass line, and we all, like the whole band just kind of goes, woof. And we're all totally focused, and we are all just immediately badass. I don't care what we were doing. We could have been playing a mambo. <laughs> we could have been playing, you know, choo-choo, chaboogie for dancers, yeah, or whatever. Yeah. And as soon as Steve gets that bass line, we kind of go, oh. Yeah. And we usually end our shows with it because mm-hmm. um, I get to scream a lot. And um, the drummer's T. Alex Boudreau. And Alex and I met at School of Rock where we teach. And Alex is so good with dynamics. Mm-hmm. He will never play over a singer. He will never be too loud. 
but he's just loud enough when you need him. Uh-huh. And so if when you watch that video, when you hear our version of that song, you'll hear how he can just bring it way down to where he's almost not playing. He's just such a good drummer. And then um, in that particular instance, we had um, Little Stevie. Little Stevie on harmonica. Little Stevie's like six foot five. <laughs> he was jamming with our band for a while. And then um, Sylvan Carton was playing the second guitar. Sylvan is our producer. Mm-hmm. And he's our sax player. He's, he plays like 17 instruments. Um, he's the shit, as we like to call him in the business. He's the French cowboy. And he's one of my best, best friends. He ended up on our first re- original record. He was hired as a saxophone player, and then we were besties uh-huh. from that moment on. And his wife, Mujan, is a, a musician as well, and we're going to probably work on an outlaw country project. Cool. And so that, like, she's one of my best gal pals now. So, Baby, Please Don't Go, it's my chance to show that I can play with the big boys. There are a lot of rockabilly bands out there that are guys. Other than Imelda May, who's now doing more modern music, more singer-songwriter stuff, there aren't amazing, amazingly well-known, talented rockabilly singers out there. Now, if you go looking for it in my world, in my movement, you'll find a Giselle. You'll find a Abby. Most of the artists are on Wild Records or Rhythm Bomb Records. And we got really lucky. We were signed to Rhythm Bomb Records, and they're the two largest rockabilly and roots labels in the world. Okay. Okay, for this crazy movement of music and um rhythm bomb is out of germany but they started a label in ireland called caddy town and caddy town is also a social network for everything retro um cars hair pinup fashion music everything from basically the 40s and the 50s and the 60s Mm -hmm. and um so it's one-stop shop if you're in that world Mm-hmm. So basically, Ralph from Rhythm Bomb said, "Let's sign you to Caddy Town. Let's make you one of the first artists on this label to introduce um, to introduce the, the label to the world." What's really cool about the label is it's a co-op. So in Ireland, if you have something that's kind of like a non-profit, it's it is for profit because we're making money on the records. But for this cooperative label, Ireland said whatever money you make we will match the funds so the government of ireland is loosely subsidizing the record label wow they're just they're partnering in the arts because the arts have a different meaning and like the united states is probably behind everybody in terms of respecting appreciating and supporting arts financially. yeah that's so makes so much it's sense. just amazing how the government of ireland got behind this record label yeah. and i'm so happy to be on it yeah. and there's there's an artist from australia called Cherry Divine. And we're just trying to show that women in rockabilly can be totally badass. It's not just Wanda Jackson and the, the women who did it, our predecessors, yeah, the yeah, women yeah. who did it before and paved the way for us, and, and the Imelda May out let's, there. Let's talk about you, woman. Yeah, I want to talk about now, your now, band. Now, this, this, this rockabilly thing, I'm just curious, because it's not just a style of music. It's a lifestyle that you and many others have embraced 24-7, am I right? Yeah, pretty much. I mean, your your, your clothing <laughs> style uh, and, and <clears throat> attitude really kind of reflects that time. When did that start? Was that something in L.A. or your whole life? Have you been kind of uh, interested in that kind of stuff? Yeah, I, I, I think it started in college. I was kind of interested, but I didn't know that there was a, a group of people that I could you know, a group of nerds I could embrace. We aren't really nerds, though, because we're super fashionable. It's, it's, we wear Chanel or Chanel knockoffs. We, you know, we, <laughs> it's, it's what I, okay, so as far as the fashion goes, what I love is everything is classic. Mm-hmm. And you can wear it pretty much at any, any age mm-hmm. because it, it's, it's alluring, it's classic, it, it is timeless, and it's stylish. We put, you know, I've got my little hat on. We, we put outfits together, you mm-hmm. know, you care about, uh, what you're doing, um, there are stores down Magnolia that will sell you things, unique, vintage, pinup girl, um, play clothes, one of my favorite stores, um, Santa Monica, Nancy at Brat Store. Both men and women, too, right? Mm-hmm. Men, men and women. Same stores. And the men are wearing bowling shirts and kind of Cuban mm-hmm. dancing shirts. Um, and 
and it's multicultural. I mean, if you go to Echo Park or some of the sort of more, um, you know, you know, like Latino parts of Los Angeles. I mean, it's like you got the hair grease, the ducktail, the yeah. cuffed up jeans. I just learned about Teddy Boys. Teddy Boys. Teddy Boys, yeah, from England. Oh, my God. Yeah, yeah there are Teddy Boys in, in, in L.A. And, like, their hair is perfect. And they've got the leather jackets and, and everything. Um, it's and, and you can be from any walk of life. Mm-hmm. You know, in L.A., we have, like, models and, you know, everyone does their thing. But when you're in rockabilly when you, or when you're in the swing dance world, mm-hmm. everybody does everything. And our common ground is that we love the music and we love to dance. Yeah. Um, it's interesting as a woman to, you know, and as a single woman, when you're dancing, it's like, oh, I get, I get a man to hold me for three minutes. I'm going to be dancing. I'm moving. And... It quite parallels a love affair. Swing dancing quite parallels a love affair because there's this give and take. The man leads it, and the woman has to follow it, but she can stylize things. It's a it's about surrender, mm-hmm. and it's about surrender to the music. It's not just doing the steps, and that's it. There are people that are addicted. There are people that go dancing every night. Wow. That's your world. That, yeah, and that's that's. I mean, your audience is dressed for the night. Yeah, that, and that it's is, ink and iron. It's, you know, it's tattoos. It, it's craziness. You know, you know Dave Stuckey about. by any chance? I do know Dave Stuckey. Yeah, I love good, Dave Stuckey. Yeah, Dave's a good friend of mine. I, I used to go see his band when uh, the Derby was up. And you remember a few years ago? Well, the Derby, uh, the whole crowd from the Derby is now at Joe's in Burbank. So there's this guy. Oh, named, okay. There was this guy named Mark Tortorici. Yeah. And we lost him three years ago. It's very, very sad in a car accident. But he was an amazing harmonica blues player mm-hmm. and singer and swing music promoter and um, blues music promoter. And he toured all over the world. And he was my mentor for my band. Mm. And um, we have a beautiful portrait of, a, up of him at Joe's Bar in Burbank, where a lot of us started our bands and started our swing dancing. He, when the derby closed, he brought everybody to Joe's Bar, and he made it a dance hall. So Sunday is blues. Monday is like Django Reinhardt, Charleston kind of. This is Joe's in Burbank, right? Joe's in Burbank, forty three eleven Magnolia. That's that's <laughs> that's great. That's you're probably Tuesday too young swing, to remember. You're probably too you know? young to remember uh, Jack Sugar Shack. I've heard of Jack. Pico Sugar Shack. Boulevard. Yeah, that, that, when I first came out here years ago, that was. Now it's a Joe's. Now it's a Joe's. Uh, so any night of the week, you can hear really cool music. Last cool. night was country. Um, La Bamba from Conan O'Brien's show does shows there. Wow. Um, Chevy Metal, which is Taylor's band. Taylor's the drummer from Foo Fighters. He does secret shows there. Yeah, it's 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 a it's a place that we can go. It's it's always free, most always free, and we go and dance, and you will just see these people going crazy on the floor. Yeah. Did you have this stuff in Toledo when you were growing up? I mean, did this influence come out after? Is this post Toledo, Maureen? This is, or? This is <laughs> post-apocalyptic. Post-apocalyptic. <laughs> I can't say the word. I'm not. I'm tired. We all understand. Yes, it's post Toledo. Let's just say that. Um, oh, it is. I I danced. I was a dance and theater major in in college, and then I went to conservatory. What did your parents do? My dad was um, an airman. He was a flyboy. Okay. And then he was a salesman, mm-hmm. and he was a really great writer too. He was a really great writer. Um, my mom was a big band singer and worked with Steve Allen in Phoenix, Arizona. Uh, oh. The train is hooking up. Wow, yeah. wow. My mom okay. was a big band singer, and then when she married my dad, she'd been singing in piano bars, but she had to get a, a day job. Wow. And then she ended up at the county courthouse, and she was like the house mother for all the lawyers, and she would help people with name changes and oh. things like that. It was very cool. She's in Phoenix now. Well, close enough. Yeah, yeah, I call her every weekend for movie reviews. Wow. What do you mean? She watches Turner Classic Movies. Oh, okay. It's awesome. <laughs> and she gives me movie reviews from old movies. Okay. And do you watch any of them? I do. That's our bond. Mm-hmm. We love watching old movies. Cool. Very cool. So that was Baby Please Don't Go, your band. My band. Maureen My and Mercury band. All right, let's And move please on. don't go. We've got two more songs. Two more songs. <laughs> All right, song number four. Turned off the highway, 
Where are you, Maureen? Where are you right now? Oh, man. Heartache 101. Um, do you notice how we didn't talk over her? That's Bonnie Raitt. You mm-hmm. don't talk over Bonnie Raitt. <laughs> <laughs> she just... Um, you know, it's interesting. I once played a show, and there was this girl, and she was kind of... She looked like she'd been crying, and she said... I just broke up with my boyfriend, and you just helped me. I don't understand it, but you have found a way to celebrate heartache. She said, because of what you just sang, I get it. I'm supposed to cry through it. I'm supposed to say, hell yeah, it hurts. And that that comment stuck with me, and that's how that song by Bonnie Raitt has resonated with me. Linda Ronstadt recorded it too. I think Elvis Costello did a copy of it. My big sister Carolyn um, gave me Bonnie Raitt to listen to. You know, my sisters are my sisters highly, highly influenced my music, and Carolyn the most um, because she gave me Beatles and Bonnie Raitt mm. and Little Feet and just cool music, and <laughs> and Frank Zappa. <laughs> Um, she made, when I was little, she made me memorize Frank Zappa, and Fire Sign Theater. All right. Yeah, we listened. To, yeah, <laughs> it was bath time because she was always my babysitter. So she would make me recite Fire Sign Theater and Frank Zappa. <laughs> but no, so Bonnie Raitt, we talked about how you have to take any job, and you just go, yes, 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 I can work, I can work. So as I started my music career in L.A. as a singer, I was doing TV and film music. And I was getting called to do sessions. Hey, you can sound like Annie Lennox. Hey, you can sound like Cheryl Crow. You can sound like Bonnie Raitt. You can sound like the Go-Go's. You can sound like Bananarama. Wow. And I <laughs> I did aerobics albums. I was hired by this wow. guy, Jerry Deaton. And he basically, aerobics instructors or gyms would say how many beats per minute the warm-up was, what the intense part was. And what the cool down was. Okay. And he would create this these records so that they could just play all the way through. Cool. And it was your favorite songs, but at the perfect beats per minute. That's amazing. For yeah. you to get a good workout. Wow. So he used to hire me to do impressions of these people to do sound alikes. Wow. And so I had to sound like all these different people. And then I started doing it for film and TV because they, CBS didn't have the budget for this. Mm-hmm. So, um, can you do this song? Okay. And so I'd write a song, and I I started getting things placed on Entertainment Tonight and E True Hollywood Stories, and um, God, what were the other ones? Just just a lot of just um, not Murphy Brown. There was a spinoff of Murphy Brown. Um, that's like out of. Well, no, it was it was the girl. Oh. It was the girl had a show, but there were different <laughs> there were different TV shows. Yeah. That I've that I've been used on. Um, and finally, our biggest claim to fame was The Descendants, which was the George Clooney movie that won an Oscar. Yeah. And I had two songs in that. Wow. As this new voice that I discovered with Bonnie Raitt. So, Carp Before the Horse. Um, I did all these sound-alikes, and then I was working with my friend Adam Daniel, who was my songwriting partner and my bandmate in The Flutterbys which was our alt-country outlaw thing. And I couldn't find my voice. He's like, ah, oh, you sound too much like Dusty there. Oh, you sound too much like so-and-so, you know. I wish you could just find your voice. And this guy just tore my heart out. Kind of like um, Bruce Lee can tear out your heart, show it to you before you die. <laughs> mm-hmm. That's how I felt. <sighs> and I walked over, you know, I, I got out of my car. I was going over to Adams to write, and I just started singing that song, mm-hmm. that Bonnie Raitt song we just heard. And he went, found it. Oh, man. There's your voice. And I said, so I have to have my heart stomped on to find my voice. And he said, I guess today you do, mm. but let's record it so that we know who you are. Do you believe that, that, that there has to be some sort of a, a defining event inside of a singer's life in order for them to really reach I mean, I, I think of the Rolling Stones, and it's the friendship, I imagine, between Keith Richards and Mick Jagger that sort of allowed for that freedom and joy. I, I think, yes. Um, I, I think anything that 
good or bad, right? I mean, yeah, I think anything that keeps you honest. Mm-hmm. Like you said, you talk about the friendship. When I'm playing with the guys, we wrote the song called The Keep in Kind. And when we go into that and we play it, we just start kind of giggling on stage. Uh-huh. And it's just so much fun. And then the drums kick in and, the, you know, and the, the second four bars. And we are having the best time. And it's it's honest and it's badass. But then when I go to a ballad, yeah, I mean, I do go to that place of, God, remember that time that really, really hurt? Because you don't want to be um, so presentational, mm-hmm. you know? You want to draw people into your world. I'll go see bands, and I'll go, yeah, I'm not buying it because they're singing at me, and they're trying to emote, and they're trying to show me anger or show me sadness. Mm-hmm. I don't care. I don't It's It's care. amazing when an adult tells a young person, you know, that is inspired to just break into dance when they hear music and songs, and I'm I'm personally grateful myself and believe that's why. You know, the show exists to some degree is that I had adults in my life that just encouraged me to dance. And and there were students and others that laughed, you know, middle yeah. school and as you go up. But it's, you know, music and, and expression is as intimate as sex. And we are inundated, you know, to come again full circle, no pun intended, yeah. porn is one form of illustration of, you know, this gift we have of, of expression and feeling but the, the music the dancing you have to be intimate it's like it's a deep relationship you have to and like how, do, how can you be intimate with 200 or a thousand people but you can and you do it's, it's it's what you do it's just you exhale it and that's what i teach my students at school of rock and and that's why i'm so proud of them and they like absorb it like little sponges i just say you we start from exhaling okay so first of all technique wise you exhale the sound. You know, so many people hold it in their throat and they hold their muscles in it. I'm like, no, no, no. Mm-hmm. Singing is just speaking with music added, okay? <laughs> so you exhale the sound. Now, as easy as inhaling and exhaling is emoting. What? How are you attached to the story? Mm-hmm. And I don't let my kids sing any song that they can't personally relate to. Now, they may not be able to relate to, you know, sex and drugs, when they're eight years old, mm-hmm. you know, and I get these school of rock kids that are really young, but I'll say, remember that movie that you saw, you mm-hmm. know, remember how that person felt or like, I'm going to sing a song about being drunk. I said, okay, go in the middle of the room, spin around eight times and then sing the song. <laughs> it's like, that's what being drunk is. You know? Do they know how lucky they are to be? I mean, because they don't have music in school. There isn't people like you in public school, and there used to be. When I was in public school, there yeah. were people, Mrs. Fury. Mrs. I mean, Fury, oh, my God, that, Mrs. Fury. That, I mean, I'll never forget her because she gave us freedom to be in, in music, and I don't know if kids get that much anymore. You know what? The wow. funding, that's what sucks about our schools, you know, is the funding has stopped. But I'm I'm so grateful for the School of Rock. I've been teaching there for eight years now mm-hmm. in the program. They're thousands of them all over the world mm-hmm. all over the world i should have brought the numbers with me damn it <laughs> i'm part of two schools right now the school of rock venice and school of rock west la i teach them through the numbers i teach them the intervals and the relationships of of the notes and how they make chords and how they make harmonies mm-hmm. and you don't have to just do scales you don't have to just do that there are songs that exist for example Jamaica. That it, it's a it's a chord. It's the five chord, five seven two four, and I and I get to teach them that, and they walk out of their first lesson, even if they're only playing two notes on the piano or two notes on the guitar, guitar or singing something, they've sung a rock song. I get really passionate about it because, oh my God, I get to sing rock and roll in real life. And when I can't make my rent, I get to teach rock and roll. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, come on. <laughs> And it's amazing. amazing. It's it, you're amazing. Uh, it's it's it, it's about you. I mean, this is how does someone like you come around? And the passion you share. It's it's. I, I hope this is as inspirational for our listeners as it is, you know, for us. It's amazing. And this was all from "Cry Me a River," "Cry Like a River," "Cry Like a Rainstorm." It "Cry Like a Rainstorm" is where I found the emotion in music and found truth. Mm. I found honesty. From Bonnie Raitt, Cry Like a Rainstorm. Can I drop the Y-Tunes nugget on the song? Please, because I never yeah. remember to do that. Her dad was a Broadway singer. He did Carousel in yeah, he did. Oklahoma. Her mom was an accomplished pianist and singer. 
And the best advice that she ever got from her parents was make every night opening night. Absolutely. Mm. Yeah. I thought you'd appreciate that. So. I do. Yeah. I do. That was cool. Uh, like every number night. four. No. Is this number four or five? So this is song number five. What? Song number five. There we go. Rounding out. <gasps> what? That's so sweet. Chopin. Um, I happened upon this Chopin versus, um from the movie Still Breathing with Brendan Fraser. Mm-hmm. And um, it was just an indie film I accidentally found. And the song is used throughout the film um, in different ways. Um, you know, in Peter and the Wolf, we have uh, the term leitmotifs. Like every time an animal comes in, a new animal comes in, it's it's the oboe or it's yeah. the whatever. Yeah. It's, it's the flute and uh, it's the drums. Um, and there's this couple that saw each other in a dream. They each had separate dreams and then they get to meet and it's, you know, the girl is really scared because she's like, no, there's no way, there's no way I wouldn't meet somebody in a dream. And the guy knows that that's what his family does. He's from a family in Texas and they meet, they're split apart um, in a dream. Mm. So he's like, yeah, she's for me. We're going to be together forever. (sighs) And this is the song that uh, is always playing in the dreams. Mm. And what's interesting is there's an older woman who plays the the grandmother in the movie, and she arranges it for tuba and um, Dixieland jazz mm-hmm. and plays it. And that's where everything kind of comes full circle. And the girl realizes, oh, my God, this is really happening. Um, what's interesting about the way I've heard pianists play it, and it's and it's pretty much that way every time I hear it is it is felt we talked about how singing the music and exhaling the music and feeling it but I think it's also important um, to realize that great instrumentalists emote through their instrument mm-hmm. um, in my world you know of dance we're used to like a certain beat so you can keep you know, it's got a good beat. It's easy to dance to. Uh-huh. You know, what am I doing? Where am I? Where are the breaks? Where am I? Where is this guy going to dip me? You know, where am I going to? You know, turn. Um, in this particular instance, it kind of stops and starts. But we do that in life. Mm-hmm. We do that, and and it what it reminds me of because it's a lullaby. Is do you ever see a baby fall asleep? Mm-hmm. And they're just kind of like they're fighting it. They're fighting it. They're fighting it. And then they wake up again. And it's like the cutest thing to watch. I love watching my nephew fall asleep uh-huh. because it's just it's just stupidly entertaining. Yeah. <laughs> and, but that's what when I listen to this, I imagine my nephew falling asleep and fighting it and then coming back to life. And, you know, and I imagine I haven't seen I haven't looked up any dance pieces yet, but I imagine there's some great ballet to this Chopin piece and um, how they just kind of stretch and wait and then come and fall back into it. What a great vibe. This is an incredible fave five. I'm uh, so glad that you brought these songs in. I'm so glad you right. We're going to take a brain break, and uh-huh. we're going to let David take over and play a game that we like to call Band Name or Bar Name. And Perfect. the camera person doesn't have to you. focus on okay. me if you don't want to, but please, if you can focus on me, it would be great for my reel. <laughs> I didn't research this game, so I hope I know. Oh, no, Maureen, don't worry about you. that, <laughs> because what you're about to embark on is what Maggie and I like to call the Y-Tune Shuffle Game Show Extraordinaire. <laughs> is it a band name or is it a bar name? <laughs> That's very, right, very ladies easy. and gentlemen. Throughout the entire world, we come across bars with fancy names and bands with fancy names. But what if you don't know which is which? Well, you're in trouble. That's why we have band name or bar name. Maureen, I'm going to read um, the name of a bar I'm and so the name scared. of a band uh, this week from uh, Winter Haven, Colorado, just to give you a little bit of reference. Uh, each one of our guests, and you will too, get to pick the next week's uh, location for band name or bar name. Okay. And uh, imagine if the four of us were out, uh, Mackenzie, you, I, and Maggie were out bopping around Colorado today. And I said, hey, how would you like to go hear Heartburn? Because they're playing at Derailer tonight. Mm. Should be a good time. I could just as easily say to you, hey, 
Do you want to go hear Derailer? They're playing at Heartburn. Or did I just say that? No, you, you no, got it. Did, did I give yeah, you both yeah, yeah, options? Because I screwed myself up. Okay, so now your job is which, so I which? don't. So he plans this. I don't know the answer. So is we can Derailer the name of the the bar or the band, or is it Heartburn the name of the bar? I think the band is Derailer. Okay. Really? Yeah. I was going to say that it was the name of the place, and it's like an old train station or something that's been converted into a bar. Winter Park, Colorado. Winter Park, you would Colorado. You said Winter Haven, but okay. Oh, t- Winter Haven. <laughs> <laughs> I did drugs as a young boy. Okay. Um, well. well, you know, that would make sense. Winter I mean, you Park, think Colorado would have trains. But Heartburn could be a place, too, where you can just get greasy fries. and. Final yeah. answer. Participants. Damn Final it. Now answer. I'm confused because. I'm going Derailer Bar. So Maggie's going to choose Derailer's the bar and Heartburn is the band. And, and you say. I say the opposite. Okay. So. It's Maggie right. If you happen to be in Winter Park, Colorado, <laughs> and uh, you've just come off the slopes, you've been derailed. Oh, so, she's yes, right. But it's not be, a train station, though, huh? No, it is. Uh, derailer is uh, the name of. The uh, band. Wow. Are you serious? Yes, oh, Derailer is yeah, the, oh, the name of the band. I, I yeah, yeah. Derailer is the name of the band. And Heartburn is a place name, to eat greasy. A, food. I know exactly. A place okay. to eat new urals. It's like Fat Burger. Exactly. Why yeah. would you go there? It's like yeah. Ew. <laughs> it's kind of one of those trendy kind of fool you names, but it is exactly right. It's Greasy Spoon Diner food. Yeah. And Burn is spelled B Y R N E, so it gives the diner just a little bit of a. You know, comfort zone. We're not talking about the Pepsodent sort of (laughs) heartburn. So thank you for playing band name or bar name, Maureen. You're a winner. Winner. Chicken dinner. Where are we going next week on the show? You get to pick the location for bar name or band. Anywhere in the world. Anywhere in the world. You choose it. Really? Mm -hmm. Oh, wow. Oh, this is hard. Because I'm tempted to stay in the United States, but I'm tempted to go to France. Oh, we've never been to France. Okay, you're going to Paris. Paris Woo! it is. Wonderful. Okay, perfect. Paris, France. All right. Sweet. <laughs> Moving on down the line. All right, we're going to wrap this up, and it's very important that you think very hard and very clearly back to the memory of your very first concert. Ever. Ever. <laughs> <laughs> that was a great reaction. Oh, oh. oh Wow. Um, it was with my big sister, Leslie, and she was in college, and she took me, I was a little girl, and she took me to James Taylor. Wow. wow. Who's touring this year. Wow. Yeah, he's on tour this year with Cheryl Crow. With Cheryl Crow, yeah. With Cheryl Crow. Yeah. yeah. JT, we used to call JT, him. JT, yeah. and my sister used to play me James Taylor records, and I would sing along with them, and then when I learned how to play guitar, those were some of the first songs I learned on guitar, so... It was one of my first big influences and my first big concert. That is awesome. Oh, man. And then what's the last concert you can remember? Mm -hmm. The most recent. Last show you went to. I think you said last night. Yeah. Last night, but I can't remember the guy's name. (laughs) Oh, my God. (laughs) It's only your life 24-7. I suck. Um, And I saw country music. I, I go to shows probably twice a week. I saw a country music concert last night at Joe's from a guy from Austin. But there were two shows this week that are standouts. Three, actually. Wednesday, I can't say just one. I'm just, I'm very musical. Wednesday, I saw the Southwest Biscuit Company, and they're kind of a Western swing. Mm -hmm. And in my world of crazy 50s people, they're playing the Western swing out. This It's this whole weekend of people gathering. Watch out, Tehachapi, because they're taking over the town. And they were amazing. On Tuesday night, I played. So that was you know, great, amazing selfie. concert. Yeah, selfie. selfie. Yep. Yeah, that was really fun. But um, last weekend, I sang with Molly Pizzuti. And Molly used to sing with Kenny Loggins and did Schoolhouse Rock. Talk about singing from your soul. Mm-hmm. Um, she is the most amazing singer I've ever heard. She's world music, jazz. She can go from being super funny to super inspirational and gospel. Mm. And she's got four octaves, and she just floats. Cool. So cool. everybody needs to look up Molly Pizzuti because she's just one of the most amazing singers you'll, like in line with a Celine Dion and a Whitney Houston. Mm. She's one of the most amazing people you'll ever hear. Wow. And Southwest Biscuit Company, it's my friend's band. And, of course, Marine and the Mercury 5. Yes. 
All right. So yeah. So that that's this is the last part of the show. Plug away. How do we find you? How do we keep up with you? Social media, websites, give us, give oh us all the goods. Oh, my God. Instagram. We need Instagram followers so we can get money from strange businesses. Um, <laughs> M&M5 Maureen on Instagram. Mm-hmm. And M&M5 the Maureen. M N and M. So M&M5 Maureen on Instagram. Facebook. Spotify. Just You can you can listen and buy tunes on Spotify. We're on Pandora. We're on Rhapsody Radio. Great. Um, MaureenandTheMercury5.com. Yeah, MaureenandTheMercury5.com. And all of our um, gigs will be listed there. And our two big upcoming gigs, once again, are Tiki Oasis in San Diego. Huge Tiki Festival cool. on August 10th, which is a Friday. And August 25th at the Venice Beach Music Festival. Yes. Nice. Yeah, that's awesome. Thank you so much. Thank you for taking the time to be on the show. You have been such a great guest. I knew it. Yeah. I knew it. We are so grateful it. for your time and your energy, and, and thank you again for being on the show. Make sure, as a as a listener of the show, if you haven't already, please subscribe either on iTunes or the iHeartRadio app. Like us on Instagram, Facebook, Twitter. We like you back. And, uh, and retweet as well. All of those at Y-Tunes Shuffle. David, thank you so much for being here and for putting together a band name or bar name. Well, thank Mackenzie, you. thank you for engineering this amazing show. Yay. And everyone at Global Voice Broadcasting Studios. And Maureen, thank you again. I'm Maggie Mayfield, and this has been Y-Tunes Shuffle. Goodbye. Bye. Bye. Thanks for listening. Find us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at Y-Tunes Shuffle. <laughs>